umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. And we're going to talk about Michigan's next game, a night affair versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Well, Clint, how do you feel about this game coming up? Well, I think it, it comes in a good spot. You know, when you are coming off of a loss, especially an emotional loss like last week, you, uh, you know, would rather have a, a, an opponent that you're better than on paper, right? You, you pretty large talent advantage. Indiana is uh, having a struggle of a season, and uh, <clears throat> they're also battling some pretty significant injuries. So, uh, it's, uh, and you're coming home. Uh, instead of having to go back out on the road again. So all things considered, this is a an ideal spot to have this game, and uh, Michigan needs to, you know, kind of regroup and uh, come out, answer the bell, and play well uh, against Indiana, and then, and then, you know, set the tone for how they want to uh, to move forward into November. Absolutely. And I think uh, Coach Harbaugh said it best. Yeah, I mean, the Michigan football team, the 2021 team, you know, is going to be defined on, by what's already taken place. Um, and, you know, what they do this Saturday. What they do the Saturday after that, the Saturday after that, and the Saturday after that. Um, so that's, that's what's going to define us. Um, so our resolve is to get back to work and uh, get prepared uh, for this this next opponent. So, so I mean, that's why I woke up today, um, you know, determined, uh, you know, to attack and uh, with the resolve that it's a, a new season, a new day, a new week, a new four-game season. And let's get at it. There's going to be some interesting factors uh, impacting this game. Like you said, first, Michigan's coming off that disappointing loss on the road to Michigan State. And then they're going to be playing a night game. And as much as I've enjoyed some night games that Michigan have played, this is an odd time of year to be playing at night uh, in the great state of Michigan. Yeah, it... um... You know, it, it, everything is driven by TV ratings and TV contracts, and, and putting the uh, putting the most eyeballs on your advertisers as uh, as possible. So this is uh, not uh, not ideal for for anybody involved, I would say. But um, you know, the the team will will get over it. I'd much rather be the home team on a on a surprise night game than uh, than have to travel, um, and uh, and then have to travel back after the game or win or loss. Uh, it's, it's not ideal certainly, but, uh, it's, it's an advantage, another advantage for Michigan. Um, just when you, when you zoom into the context of the game, um, and, and that help or hurt more, uh, I, I would much rather be the home team in this scenario. So we'll, we'll take that silver lining and, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, see what it actually means when, uh, when the ball gets kicked off at seven thirty on Saturday. The thing that'll be interesting for me is what the crowd will be like in that second half, because again, hopefully uh, 
as you mentioned, Michigan is the heavy favorite on paper. But uh, if Michigan gets ahead, I wonder how empty the stadium will be as as fans take an early exit to, uh, you know, get on the road and get headed home. And again, it's it's going to be a chilly one. So definitely going to be interesting how it impacts the fan experience at the big house. Yeah, that's that's a a part of it, and and the game dynamic. If uh, if Michigan's playing well and can build a big lead um, by halftime, you know, I, I I would expect a lot of people hit the exits at halftime if they're at that point. And um, flip side of that, if Michigan can play well, maybe see another uh, breakout performance like we saw last week with Andrew Anthony. You know, guys that are younger. And, and and maybe weren't ready uh, to make big statements early in the season, uh, get to showcase the development that they've uh, put together uh, through the first eight weeks of the season and and show their growth. So um, could be some exciting stuff still in the second half. Um, you know, ideally Michigan will will play well and and stretch the lead on on the Hoosiers and uh, get out of there healthy. You know, ideally Michigan's going to win this game. Okay. Um, looking back on Indiana's last several games, you know, they've lost the last four, um, lost to Penn State. They were shut out 24 to nothing, lost to Michigan State 20 to 15, and uh, got blown out by Ohio State 54 to 7, and barely pulled by Maryland 38 to 35. So it's interesting in that, on one hand, you can say, well, they played Michigan State pretty tight. But uh, other than that, uh, you know, the, you know, considering they struggled against Maryland, um, you have to wonder how much is left in the tank. They've only managed two wins this season and only one win in the Big Ten. So, you know, I hate to say this. Ideally, you'd want Michigan, you know, if we could script this game, you'd want Michigan to get some reps in the red zone, right? You'd rather not see long scoring plays. You'd love to see. Michigan have the opportunity to, to work out some of the kinks that um, bit them against Michigan State in the red zone, you know, get a chance to get some different players in, uh, install some different packages. And, you know, the other thing that I think about Michigan playing at night is, so, you know, the college football playoff rankings came out. And one of the things that was nice is that even though Michigan lost to Michigan State, they're seventh in the rankings. So one of the things that I thought was, well, okay, um, Michigan State uh, is going to go on. You know, whatever happens with them, uh, Michigan has lost the opportunity to influence that. But one of the things they can do is Michigan can come out on this, you know, with this national TV audience and put on a performance to help hopefully influence um, kind of push the needle back, uh, drive back some of the disappointment among, um, you know, fans nationally, and hopefully uh, kind of leave a good taste for anybody who's watching this game who can influence, um, you know, what's going to happen later. Yeah, I think nationally, anybody that's talking about the 21 season, I, I think most of the coverage that I've heard and seen has been positive, you know, regarding Michigan. Really, the only time that we see the the hot takes and the and the negativity swirling, it's when they want to put it into the context of the entire Harbaugh era and link the loss last Saturday against Michigan State to 
you know, some of the previous losses and the struggles against Ohio State and, and the other losses to Michigan State and can't win the big game and yada, yada, yada. So the, the, the negativity really is, is more kind of longitudinal than, than it is about this season. Anybody that is talking about the 2021 team um, that I've seen even nationally is, is still positive. You know, it's still a, a loss on the road in a rivalry game against the team that is now ranked number three in, in the college football playoff initial standings, right? So um, it's the most understandable of losses amongst the, amongst the top ten there in the, in the CFP rankings. So um, I, I think that the, all of the goals are still in front of the Wolverines. Uh, if if Michigan State wins the rest of their games, then obviously uh, Michigan gets frozen out of the uh, the Big Ten East division title. But uh, but if Michigan were to win out, even if uh, Michigan State um, also won out, right, then that you you could make the case that it shakes out where both of the teams from Michigan end up with the inside track and and making a push for two spots in the playoffs. So. There's still a long, long, long way to go um, when we're talking about the postseason. Um, for the Michigan players and coaches, obviously, you got to go one game at a time. They've shown uh, that they're very capable of doing that. I expect them to play well against Indiana, and, and specifically Indiana, with no no victories in the Big Ten. Their two wins are against Idaho and Western Kentucky, and their injury bug really um really derailed the 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 potential for indiana to have back-to-back solid seasons you know michael Penix is really um a, a solid quarterback and and a dynamic playmaker was probably picked as the best you know quarterback i think he was preseason first team all big 10 um and when he got hurt again i think this is the fourth uh lost playing time injury that that michael Penix has suffered so um, when he went down again, um, I think that a lot of the wind came out of their sails. And then before their eighth game uh, against the Buckeyes, two of their best corners were out. Their, their cornerbacks are really, really solid. They have a very, very legitimate um, elite defensive backfield. And when they lost those two cornerbacks, um, their coverage grades have totally tanked. So I, I think where they had a lot of flexibility to do some creative things on defense before because they had cornerbacks that could uh, survive out on an island against uh, very good receivers, they've lost that ability. And, you know, they gave up 38 points to uh, to Maryland on the heels of giving up 54 to Ohio State. So the defense was not playing lights out by any means and, and now they're just they're under undermanned right they're, they're just shortchanged over there uh in bloomington so michigan needs to kind of leave no doubt early on score early and often and uh remove any any type of of energy that that indiana comes in with um and work on just uh you know pounding the ball down the field and and getting the the guys down the depth charts and repetitions and keeping your keeping your ones healthy. So it's interesting you mentioned the the difference between how the national media is portraying this season versus how 
some people, and I'll say primarily locally, are jumping to conclusions about um, Harbaugh's tenure at Michigan and, and his status. And, you know, what's interesting to me, you know, one of the things we used to do on the site is we used to publish and make available the full recordings of the press conferences. And um, we're, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Um, you know, the uh, athletic department puts a limit on how much each outlet can use. So um, if people wonder why we don't have the full press releases anymore or the full press conferences, I should say, it's because we're allowed to use five minutes from every event. But one of the reasons I really liked and thought it was very useful to put the entire um, recordings when we could is you could listen for yourself, right? And occasionally you could listen to the questions and you could see how um, certain outlets and certain reporters were trying to push a, a, a storyline, right, or an agenda. And what surprises me is I went back and, and um, did a double look at um, Harbaugh's press conference this week, okay? Clint, he talked for just under 13 minutes, right? And um, was very tight-lipped, very reserved, as, um, you know, he, he sometimes gets. We've noticed that, right? But what's interesting is how um, he would get kind of repeated questions on a topic and he'd reluctantly answer. And then when you listen to how it's portrayed in the media, right? And I'll tell you what I heard driving around in, in my car this week. Um, Harbaugh was throwing his team under the bus, throwing his players under the bus, not taking responsibility for what happened at Michigan State. And, and it's the kind of thing where I went back and I listened again to the press conference. And I'm like, what were these people listening to, right? And I think that it's just interesting that there are definitely agendas um, being run and perspectives being pushed. And, and I think it's, it's one of the reasons why I think as fans, we were disappointed that you don't hear more candor from coaches, right? That you don't hear more from players. And when you, when I see weeks like this, where you see what was actually said, and then you, you see how it's being portrayed, I can completely understand why um, why coaches, you know, do coach speak or or say very little, right? And I think it's a disservice to us as fans. It's a disservice to the public because I would much rather hear directly what Coach Harbaugh or a player has to say than have it regurgitated by um, people on talk radio and people in the media who are who have an axe to grind. So, again, people can say that, you know, we're, we've, been very, very, we've been pretty clear about our perspective here, okay? And I think that one of the nice things about having an outlet like this is I put my bias right up front, okay? You know where I'm coming from. And I always tell people, listen, if, if you question what a coach or a player says, do your best to go to the official uh, University of Michigan website and hear for yourself, right? I, I would much rather put everything out there and then have us talk about it, right, than kind of regurgitate it for people. But this is the position that we're in. And when I see 
how, um, again, certain outlets here in the Michigan area are just grinding an axe and, you know, they're, they know what Michigan should do. They, they are telling us what we should think. It's really kind of, really kind of obnoxious. So, um, and, and this, I bring this back to, you know, why was this game chosen to be a night game? Okay. Indiana has players out. They're 0 and 5 in the conference and they're 2 and 6 overall, right? I'm going to be very inter- interested to hear what the commentary during the game is because what I am expecting is we are going to hear the storyline and one of the reasons why this game was chosen for a night game is it's going to give the announcers a chance to drum up the Harbaugh's on the hot seat. What Michigan's? What is Michigan going to do, right? And I have a feeling that this is a game that um, Michigan could win ninety-nine to nothing, and it's still not going to be enough. That there is a, a storyline that is being uh, drummed up and a narrative that's going to be pushed. And the only thing that Michigan can do is I'm going to point to one of the things that Harbaugh said in the press conference. Every and you mentioned everything is ahead of them. You have a four-game season. Win your four games and see what happens, okay? Come out and do as well as you can. And I think this is one of those times where, um, you know, they talk about um, the fort, right? I think the drawbridges need to go up, and the team needs to focus on themselves and executing and ignore what everybody, especially out in the media, is saying. Yeah, and I I think you also want to look at the, the opponent, Indiana, has has proven in the past that they are not you know they're not going to roll over and just play the victim to, to Michigan's narrative because they need a win you know that that team regardless of what uh, is happening under Tom Allen their, their program they always play with uh, um, the full amount of intensity and, and they're in there to win every game that they play in so um, there's plenty to deal with you know on the table this week. Uh, in the night game against Indiana. The rest of this stuff, um, you know, the, I think your angle on the media is is accurate, you know, that there are certainly uh, certain outlets that are making, you know, specific points, and they understand that that's, uh, you know, that that, that angle has, uh, has resonated in the past and that they're going to ride that until it goes away. But there's a huge chunk of uh, the Michigan fan base, you know, that, that kind of drums up that same, uh, perspective and, and narrative on their own, you know, that, uh, you know, no matter what Harbaugh does, you know, if, if he's not 12 and 0 and, and, and sailing to multiple national titles and, and, you know, pushing Nick Saban for the, the greatest of all time, uh, title, then, um, then he's a failure, you know, and, and those expectations from when Harbaugh was hired, you know, still are carried to this day. And, and that's um, it's understandable, but the high expectations are part of the culture at the university. I spent most of my time and energy advocating for this week is that just just deal with this team, right? Just w- when you're when you're talking and trying to put all of this into perspective, you know, leave leave some of the fan baggage on the porch and and just talk about what's going on here in 2021, right? And you have a, a team that's seven and one that played well enough to, to win a game last week and didn't finish, right? And you and I will always and speak very candidly about what Michigan did not do 
and, and didn't do enough to, to earn the victory on the road last week against Michigan State. And as a, as a painful occurrence for the team and the coaches and the, and the fan base, but it's a 7-1 and one team ranked number seven in the initial um, you know, college football playoff rankings ahead of undefeated Oklahoma. You know, there's, there's no, no pity parties going on for, for this football program. You know, put your best foot forward, play the games that are in front of you and, and things will shake out. And anybody that is, that is trying to create more intrigue because of the Harbaugh narrative, uh, to me is, is premature in 21 period. You know, if Michigan plays well, this Saturday, then that story is dead. If Michigan does not play well, then I'll, I'll listen to, to are there questions about not being able to finish the season and, and November struggles and whatever else I think is reasonable if they struggle to play well this coming Saturday. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think Michigan's going to play well at home and take care of business and, and, and be prepared for a, a very strong November pull because we've we've seen this team – this program bounced back from from adversity, um, and this is the this is the challenge that's on the table right now. And there's no reason for me to believe that they're going to fold up now. You know, there are there are very strong uh, personalities in, in leadership roles program. So I I expect them to come out and really be shocked if they play. So, and again, back to. I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm going to go back to my media rant, right? So we go to the press conference this week. And, Clint, I'll tell you, the question I wanted to ask was, man, after watching the tape, because we know that the coaches have access to video assets that we don't, right? We only have the broadcast and what we see during the game. I I really wanted to ask Harbaugh what he thought about some of those video replays right like but you know i didn't ask the question and i'm really glad i didn't because whatever he had said would have been would have been construed and kind of stretched into a into a um you know into the storyline so as you said what michigan needs to do is take care of business the first order of business is to um take care of a scrappy indiana team and as you said, um, they always seem to play Michigan tough here. I'm sure that they would love to, to get their first Big Ten win on national television. And remember, Mike Hart left Indiana. You know, running back coach Mike Hart was there. I'm sure that uh, they would love to uh, notch up a win against him. You know, as, uh, you know, as, as much as, um, you know, he was a great coach there, I'm sure they would love to... Uh, you know, show him that perhaps he made a mistake leaving them. So, again, there, there's a lot. There's still a lot on the on the table. And, you know, it's interesting because when I look back at my predictions, I thought Michigan would have two losses at this point. Um, I did think they would beat Michigan State. But, again, so in my book, we're, we're one up on where I thought we'd be. And, you know, again, you have these next four games, beat Indiana, focus, take care of business there. And, you know, you, you still have a lot to look forward to. And I really like the point you said that, you know, if, if Michigan and Michigan State win out, you know, they have a strong case for uh, contending to put two teams in the college football playoffs, 
when you consider how highly the Big Ten has been ranked this season, um, you know, it, it's it's a definite possibility. Now, you know, the, the thing looming is if Michigan trips against Indiana, well, then that's all done. So if you want to control your destiny, beat Indiana, and again, um, hopefully, um, you know, get ahead at a certain point, let some different players get some reps, you know, let J.J. get out there and, and work out, um, you know, the the bad taste I'm sure he has in his mouth from his performance at Michigan State. And and really, you know, get the running game back on track, really kind of gear up for this stretch, which, uh, you know, is really going to determine how this season and how this team ends up. And, and again, you know, if you, you run the table and, you know, end up with one loss, no matter how it shakes out, um, that's a pretty good year, you know, in under any uh, under any uh, way you're going to rate it. So, again, beat Indiana and hopefully good things will happen from there. But nothing good can can happen unless you beat Indiana first. That's exactly right. Got to handle the the task at hand, you know, regardless of what's behind that. Long way to go um, in the Big Ten East. And if it doesn't shake out, if Michigan wins their games and it still doesn't shake out because you didn't beat the Spartans in East Lansing, then then you got to swallow that pill. You had your opportunity to win that game last week and and didn't get it done. But I I think personally, if Michigan's able to you know put it together and win their next two three games, then they'll be right back into the mix. And there's still a lot of lot of uh, chaos that's possible. On uh, not only in the Big Ten East, but uh, you know, uh, on the other side of the aisle in the Big Ten West, and and nationally, the uh, the playoff rankings are going to they're certainly going to be jumbled from what we see here. So, just survive in advance, play well each week, and uh, and you know, put your best foot forward, and we'll see where where the chips fall. So, Clint, we've talked a lot about the. I guess the meta around this game, the atmospherics, the things headed in this game. How do you see this game playing out? Well, the the stuff that I look at, the the metrics and some of the history that I try to pay attention to, is telling me that it's going to be about a twenty point win, approximately. But you know, about three scores. Um, I I don't think Indiana is really good enough on offense to make this any kind of shootout. So. Um, I, I see this, and I put this into my article, I see it kind of like a similar matchup as what we saw with the uh, Washington game in Week 2, that uh, they're they're not going to be very good on offense, and um, if they are, are not willing to commit all of their resources to stopping a the run, then we, we could just see the ball, big chunks on the ground in the running game. Um, but might not necessarily be a real big explosion on offense, given the weather and, and November temperatures, night game. Um, this could kind of uh, be a little bit, uh, you know, plotting, so to speak. So I, I ended up saying 32 to 10, uh, a 22 point win. I, I don't think, again, I don't think Indiana can can score in bunches. So as long as Michigan plays well and cleanly, not turning the ball over, then. Uh, they should be. They should win by about three scores. So, prior to the season, when Indiana was going to be a juggernaut that they turned out not to be in actuality, 
I predicted 35-31. And um, I think uh, with what we know now headed into this season, I think it's going to be 38-13. to And I do expect Michigan to win, um, you know, going away. But like you said, the weather will be a factor. I don't think that we'll see it a huge explosion of, of 50 or 60 points um, that we might have seen if the weather was nicer. Um, but, again, I, I do think we'll see a, a pretty uh, substantial win by Michigan. Yeah, that's that's what the the doctor ordered, certainly. Get back to uh, playing well on defense, number one, clean up the uh, personnel rotating and, and substitutions, and then get back to handing the ball off, running for big chunks, and, and – taking the top off of the defense on play action, hit a couple passes downfield, give the fans something to cheer about. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Clint Derringer. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for umgoblue.com on iTunes. Go Blue!